0: Today is May 2nd. The modern legend of the Loch Ness Monster was born when a sighting made local news on May 2nd, 1933. The newspaper Inverness Courier relates an account of a local couple who claimed to have seen an enormous animal rolling and plunging on the surface. The story of the monster, a moniker chosen by the Courier editor, became a media phenomenon with London newspapers sending correspondence to Scotland in a circus offering a toothed 20,000 pounds sterling reward for capture of the beast after the april 1933 sighting was reported in the newspaper on may 2nd interest steadily grew especially after another couple claimed to have seen the animal on land amateur investigators have for decades kept an almost constant vigil and in the in the 1960s several british universities launched sonar expeditions into the lake nothing conclusive was found but an Each expedition, the sonar operators detected some type of large, moving underwater objects. In 1975, another expedition combined sonar and underwater photography in Loch Ness. A photo resulted that, after enhancement, appeared to show what vaguely resembled the giant flipper of an aquatic animal. Further sonar expeditions in the 80s and 90s resulted in more inconclusive readings Revelations in 1994 that the famous 1934 photo was a complete hoax has only slightly dampened the enthusiasm of tourists and investigators for the legendary beast of Loch Ness. In 1952, a de Havilland Comet flying for British Overseas Airway Corporation became the first jet aircraft to enter commercial service carrying passengers from London to Johannesburg, South Africa. The early Comet was a four-engine aircraft roughly the size of a Boeing 737, it carried between 36 and 44 passengers, depending on the cabin configuration. Regardless of configuration, early commercial jets were roomy, and passenger comfort was much higher than priority than it is today. The Comet, built by de Havilland, a British firm, was the backbone of the British commercial fleet. Other countries also turned to domestic aircraft manufacturers to populate their fleets: Boeing and Douglas in the United States, Tupolev in Soviet Union, and Caravelle in France. Despite the line's overall success and longevity, the first comet suffered from structural problems, and the plane was involved in a number of accidents during the early and mid-50s. The plane that made that first Johannesburg-to-London flight, designated G-A-Y-L-Y-P by the forerunner of British Airways, B-O-A-C, was also among the first passenger jets to be lost. It crashed into the Mediterranean Sea off the Italian island of Elba on January 10, 1954, killing everyone on board. In May of 1997, Tony Blair was elected Prime Minister. Anthony Blair was born on May 6, 1953 in Edinburgh. Educated at Oxford University, he became a barrister, and in 1983 was elected Labour Member of the Parliament for Sedgefield. He soon became identified with a group of self-conscious party modernizers, which included Gordon Brown and Peter Mandelson, who who sought to make labor more acceptable to the electorate by repudiating its association with trade unions, unilateral nuclear disarmament, public ownership, and high taxation. In 1994, following the unexpected death of then-leader John Smith, Blair became Labor Party leader after Gordon Brown stood aside to avoid splitting a pro-modernizing vote in the leadership ballot. Blair quickly attained unquestioned authority as leader, which was further underlined by Labour's landslide victory in the 1997 election. At 43, he was the youngest Premier since Lord Liverpool of 1812. He attempted to promote a youthful modern age image of Britain symbolized by Britpop, art, and the Millennium Dome. Some of his policies were genuinely radical, especially the constitutional reforms that delivered a measure of self-government to Wales and Scotland, but a promise to reform public services proved less easy to implement, and a controversial reliance on private enterprise initiatives did not seem to deliver the expected improvements in transport, education, or healthcare. Blair was re-elected in 2001. His second term was more troubled, being dominated by a rift with his former ally, Chancellor Gordon Brown. In 2002-2003, to Blair risked his personal authority by supporting the U.S. government's war on terror. Despite serious disquiet in his own party and among the wider public, Blair was re-elected in 2005 in an unprecedented third consecutive term for a labor prime minister. The same year, he chaired the G8 Summit at Glen Eagles and focused on two issues, climate change and Africa, which had become increasing priorities for him. Blair stepped down in June of 2007 and was succeeded by Prime Minister by Gordon Brown. Blair and his allies succeeded in making the Labor Party electable again after almost two decades in opposition. To his critics, this achievement was made at the cost of abandoning the party's principles. To his supporters, he was a man willing to risk public unpopularity in the pursuit of policies, most notably the war in Iraq, that he felt were morally justified. You have been listening to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I thank you for listening, and I hope that you have enjoyed learning about historical events from the past. Thank you to the following websites for their information regarding today's topics. The Peoplehistory.com, The Loch Ness Monster at History.com England's First Commercial Jet Airliner at Wired.com And Tony Blair at BBC.co.uk